Chapter Five, Part Four, of A Common Story by Ivan Goncharov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Five, Part Four. My God, my God! He said in despair. How hard! How sad is life! grant me the peace of death the sleep of the soul in a quarter of an hour he came into the room downcast and apprehensive good-bye nadezhka alexandrovna he said timidly good-bye she said shortly not raising her eyes when may i come again when you please however we go to town this week we will let you know then he went away more than a fortnight passed everyone had by then come to town aristocratic drawing-rooms began to be lighted up and the petty official lighted two lamps on the wall in his drawing-room bought two stones of wax candles and set out two card-tables in expectation of stepan ivanitch and ivan stepanitch and announced to his wife that they would be at home on tuesdays but all this time adouev did not receive an invitation to the lubetskys he met their cook and their maid-servant the maid directly she saw him began hurrying away it was clear that she acted in the spirit of her mistress the cook stopped why is it sir you have forgotten us he said and it's ten days already since we've been back but perhaps you are not settled yet you don't receive how not receive sir every one has been to see us already except you the mistress is always wondering about it now his grace is good enough to visit us every day such a kind-hearted gentleman i went the other day with a copy-book from our young lady to him he gave me a bank-note you idiot said adouev and turned on his heel away from the gossip he went in the evening past the lubetskys it was lighted up a carriage was at the door whose carriage he asked count novinsky's the next day and the next it was the same thing at last one day he went in the mother received him cordially with reproaches for his absence scolded him for not having rubbed his chest with opodeldoc nadinka calmly the count courteously conversation did not make much progress this happened twice in vain he looked expressively at nadinka she did not seem to observe his looks and how she had observed them of old sometimes when he was talking to her mother she used to stand facing him and make faces at him from behind maria mihailovna play tricks and make him laugh he was a prey to intolerable wretchedness he thought of nothing but how to force himself from the bondage he had entered upon so light-heartedly he wanted to obtain an explanation whatever the answer was he thought it would not matter so long as doubt were changed into certainty he was a long while deliberating how to attack the matter at last he made a plan of some sort and went to the lubetskys everything was in his favour that carriage was not at the door he went quietly into the drawing-room and stopped a minute at the door of the inner room to take breath nadinka was there playing on the piano at the further end of the room madame lubetsky was sitting on a sofa and knitting at her shawl nadinka hearing steps in the outer room went on playing more softly and stretched her head forward she waited with a smile for the guest to appear the guest made his appearance and instantly the smile vanished and a look of dismay took its place her face changed a little and she rose from her seat this was not the guest she was expecting alexander bowed without speaking and moved on like a shadow towards her mother he walked softly without his old self-confidence with hanging head 
nadinka sat down and went on playing looking round restlessly now and then in half an hour the mother was summoned from the room on some matter or other alexander went up to nadinka she rose and tried to escape nadyezhka alexandrovna he said mournfully stay a little spare me five minutes no more i cannot listen to you she said moving away the last time you were i was to blame then now i will speak in a very different way you shall not hear a syllable of reproach i give you my word an explanation is inevitable you know you gave me permission to ask your mother for your hand since that so much has happened that that i must repeat my request sit down and go on playing your mother will hear less then it's not the first time you know she obeyed mechanically with heightened colour she began to touch a chord and bent her eyes upon him in a tremor of expectation where have you gone alexander fedoritch asked mother returning to her place i wanted to have a little talk with nadyezhka alexandrovna about literature he answered well do by all means indeed it's a long time since you have had a talk together answer me briefly and sincerely one question only he began in an undertone and our explanation will be over directly you no longer love me quelle idée she answered in confusion you know how maman and i have always valued your friendship how glad we always have been to see you adouev looked at her and thought are you that capricious but sincere child that freakish frolicsome creature how quickly she has learnt to dissemble how soon the feminine instincts have awakened in her can it be that her sweet caprices were the germs of dissimulation and hypocrisy to think even without my uncle's method how quickly this girl has been trained into a woman and all the count's training and all in some two or three months oh uncle uncle here again you are only too right listen he said in such a voice that the mask of dissimulation dropped off let us leave mamma out of the question be for an instant the nadinka of old days when you loved me a little and answer me straight out i must know by god i must she did not speak but changing the music before her began mechanically to look at it and play a difficult passage very well i will alter my question continued adouev tell me has not someone i do not even ask who but simply has not someone supplanted me in your heart she snuffed the candle and was a long while setting the wick straight but she did not speak answer nadyezhka alexandrovna one word will release me from torture and you from an unpleasant explanation ah for god's sake leave off what am i to say to you i have nothing to say she answered turning away from him another man would have been satisfied with such a reply and would have seen that there was no need to trouble himself further he would have understood everything from the unspoken anguish written on her face and expressed in her gestures but adouev was not content he was like an executioner torturing his victim and was himself animated by a kind of wild despairing desire to drink the cup once for all and to the dregs no he said let us put an end to this torture to-day doubts one blacker than another are distracting my mind and tearing my heart to pieces i have suffered agony i believe my heart will break with the strain i cannot feel convinced of my suspicions you must resolve it all yourself or i shall never be at rest he looked at her and waited for an answer she did not speak have pity on me he began again look at me am i like myself 
every one is frightened of me no one recognizes me every one pities me except you it was true his eyes glowed with a strange fire he was thin and white the perspiration stood in large drops on his brow she looked stealthily at him and there was something like sympathy in her eyes she even took his hand but let it fall directly with a sigh and still she did not speak well he asked ah leave me in peace she said in a tone of anguish you torture me with your questions i beseech you for god's sake he said make an end of all with one word of what use is concealment to you i cannot get rid of a foolish hope i will not leave off i will come to you every day pale distracted i shall bring you misery forbid me the house i will linger under your windows will meet you at the theatre in the street everywhere like a ghost all this is foolish laughable very likely to any one who can laugh but it is agonizing to me you don't know what passion is what it leads to god grant you may never find out what is the good of it wouldn't it be better to speak at once but what are you asking me about said nadinka throwing herself back in her chair i am utterly bewildered my head is in a fog she pressed her hand spasmodically to her forehead and withdrew it again at once i ask you has someone taken my place in your heart one word yes or no will decide everything will it take long to say it she tried to say something but could not and dropping her eyes struck a note with one finger one could see that there was a violent struggle going on within her ah she groaned at last in anguish adouev wiped his forehead with his handkerchief yes or no he repeated holding his breath some seconds passed yes or no yes whispered nadinka hardly audibly then bent over the piano and as though unconsciously began to strike some loud chords this yes was a scarcely perceptible sound like a sign but it stunned adouev his heart seemed torn his limbs shook beneath him he dropped into a chair near the piano and said nothing nadinka looked at him in alarm he gazed senselessly at her alexander fedoritch shrieked her mother suddenly from her room which of your ears is tingling he did not answer maman is asking you a question said nadinka eh which of your ears is tingling cried the mother quick both adouev uttered gloomily you're wrong it should be the left and i have been foretelling the future and whether the count will be here to-day the count ejaculated adouev forgive me said nadinka in a voice of entreaty turning towards him i don't understand myself this has all happened without my foreseeing it against my will i don't know how i could not deceive you i will keep my word nadezhka alexandrovna he replied i will not utter a single reproach to you thank you for your sincerity you have done much much to-day it was hard for me to hear that yes but it was still harder for you to say it farewell you will not see me again it's the only return i can make for your honesty but the count the count he ground his teeth and walked to the door ah he said turning back what will this bring you to the count will not marry you what are his intentions i don't know answered nadinka shaking her head mournfully my god how blind you are cried alexander with horror he can have no bad intentions she replied in a weak voice take care of yourself nadezhka alexandrovna he took her hand kissed it and with uneven steps went from the room it was dreadful to look at him nadinka remained motionless in her place 
why are you not playing nadinka asked her mother in a few minutes directly maman she replied and with her head bent pensively on one side began uncertainly to touch the keys her fingers were trembling she was evidently suffering from the pricks of conscience and from the doubt flung at her in the words take care of yourself when the count arrived she was silent and depressed and there was some constraint in her manner on the pretext of a headache she went early to her room and that night life seemed a sorrowful thing to her adouev had scarcely got down the staircase when his strength failed him he sat down on the last step covered his eyes with his handkerchief and broke into loud tearless sobs the hall porter was passing near the vestibule at the time he stood still and listened marfa marfa he called going up to the dirty door come here listen how someone is groaning like an animal i thought it might be our dog escaped from her chain but no it's not no it's not the dog repeated marfa listening what a strange thing come and bring a lantern it hangs there behind the stove marfa brought the lantern is he still groaning she asked yes could some tramp have got in who is there asked the porter no answer who is there repeated marfa still the same sound they both went off quickly adouev rushed away ah it was some gentleman said marfa looking after him and you thought it was a tramp there it's just what was on the tip of my tongue to say would a tramp be groaning in other people's passages well he must have been drunk then well that's better still answered marfa do you suppose everyone's like you not everyone groans like you when he's drunk then why was it from hunger or what remarked the porter with vexation why said marfa looking at him and not knowing what to say how can one tell he had lost something perhaps money they both squatted down at once and began to search with the lantern on the ground in every corner lost something repeated the porter as he turned the light on the ground where could he lose anything here the staircase is clean and made of stone you could see a needle here lost something indeed we should have heard if he had lost anything it would have tinkled on the ground of course he would have picked it up where could one lose anything here there is nowhere lost something he didn't lose anything was he likely to have lost something lose anything i dare say no he'd be more likely you depend upon it to find a way of putting things in his pocket instead of losing them i know them the pickpockets lost indeed where did he lose it and they spent a long time crawling on the ground looking for the lost money no no said the porter at last with a sigh then he put out the light and pinching the wick with two fingers wiped them on his coat end of chapter five recording by expatriate in bangor maine